This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Monday, May 10th, 2021. Great to have you with us. I am along- I'm Jerem Jordan. Alongside a guy who uh, is married to the game, Jason Shepard. Yeah, so uh, there, <laughs> it's not controversy, but there was, uh, I, it was hitting the social media, if you will, over the weekend. Zach. Nothing screams I'm old like <laughs> saying the before something that doesn't require it. <laughs> so, Facebook. since all eyes are on Zach Wilson yeah. with the New York Jets, somebody said they saw he had a wedding ring on and. But it wasn't a wedding ring because it, he's not married, number one. And the other was it wasn't even on his wedding ring finger. Oh, his pointer finger. We, yeah. We know what it is, Yes, by the because way. He's, he's talked told about us, it's yes. like a, It's like an aerobic thing that, you know, uh, tracks his health and heartbeat and whatever. Yeah, Sleeping so It's habits. essentially like, yeah. like yeah, it, yeah, it takes your pulse yeah. and your heart rate and all yeah, that stuff. A lot of this. But everybody went, everybody went, oh, he's married. No, he's, he's not. And it's not even on that finger. So, yeah. But yes, I am married to the game. And, and what game? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> EA Sports in the game. <laughs> apparently, said I'm married to the game. But there was then there was another media member that said, "Well, that never actually was said." So the folklore, you know, and made up stories are starting <laughs> with Zach. Wilson it's only already. beginning. Yeah. Well, it began when he took two cheerleaders to prom as a freshman. So that's when it really began. Okay, here's our show lineup that does not feature two cheerleaders. Zach Wilson's first practices and media sessions in New York. A Jets beat writer will tell us uh, how that's going. Men's volleyball goes down in the final. <sighs> you were there. You got to see it. <sighs> Does BYU need Alex Marcella <laughs> to return now? With Matt Harms officially gone. And Jimmer Fredette talks about defense. Sort of. Here are today's headlines. Even though he does not have a wedding ring, he did make his New York Jets debut over the weekend. We're talking about Zach Wilson, of course. This was during the team's rookie minicamp. Zach said right now he's just getting used to some of the differences in the game. His new head coach, Robert Sala, said this, quote, He did a really nice job. The ball was in and out of his hands crisp. He was in rhythm. He was on time. The players were running the right routes, and the ball was barely on the ground. So it was a very good first day for him. Now he has to stack it up and get better every day, end quote. Wilson will be back for phase two of offseason workouts coming up on the 17th of May. It would be hilarious if they were like, oh, that was that was bad. We really regret it. It's like every draft is the greatest. <laughs> every recruiting class Everyone's is exactly what we wanted. Amazing shape. There is no reason for anything to be negative yeah. right now. No, no, no. It's all good. Okay, men's volleyball falls to Hawaii in three in the national championship match. Cougars finished the year 20-4. and four. You couldn't pass, man. We'll talk about it in a second, but uh, really disappointing. Uh, off the block has BYU ninth in its 2022 early preseason ranking. So I know you were looking forward to that. We were talking about this uh, on Friday, uh, but now it's official. Matt Harms announced on Instagram on Friday he will not return to BYU next year and instead will pursue his dream of playing in the National Basketball Association. Harms said, quote, It is time for me to move on into the next chapter of my life. After many conversations with those I trust, I have decided to forego my final year of eligibility and enter the NBA draft in, quote, good luck to Matt Harms. On Friday, I said that this decision is not final. It was about an hour later. Uh, did you say the Instagram or Instagram? I said on Instagram. Oh, okay. 
NBA insider Shams Charania reports the Bucs are signing Elijah Bryant to a two-year deal. Israeli basketball reporter Roy Cohen says the Bucs are paying half a mil to buy out Bryant from Maccabi Tel Aviv. So still waiting for the official announcement from the Bucs. But uh, BYU will have a player back in the NBA. And I believe that is the max that you can pay a team for a buyout. I believe that's in the CBA. So they paid the, I'm pretty sure that's that's the max to get Elijah Bryant, who, by the way, they've had their eye on for several years. Oh, yeah. No, so this is really cool. It's going to be exciting to see him get that opportunity. Absolutely. Softball swept Santa Clara over the weekend to win their 12th consecutive West Coast Conference Championship and earn the auto bid to the NCAA tournament. Riley Jensen broke the records for the most runs. She now has 213. And the most doubles. She has 40 in BYU history. Cougs will take on Dixie State in a doubleheader today at Gail Miller Field starting at 4 p.m. Eastern on the BYU TV app. Baseball split two games with San Diego Friday, Saturday, won the series. Fantastic showing for the uh, Batcats. First in 11-10 win on 15 hits Friday. Then Saturday, BYU trailed 7-0 before losing 13-12. Almost got the third game. Both teams combined for 35 hits in that one. Defense optional. Greg Rebell not paid by the hit. Uh, just on salary. BYU at Pacific for a three-game series starting Thursday. But a nice showing. Winning the series at number one in the league, San Diego. Absolutely. They, and very easily could have swept that series. And, look, they're playing their best baseball right now. It, it, this, this team's gotten to a really nice groove over the last uh, two weeks. BYU golfer. Alicia May Mateo will compete in the NCAA Stanford Regional today. The top three individuals from non-advancing teams will move on to the NCAA Championships at Greyhawk Golf Club in Scottsdale, Arizona, May 21st through the 26th. Rumor has it Stanford tried to cancel uh, you know, on BYU, but BYU said, no, you can only cancel your own sports, so that's a thing. BYU track and field competed in the Oregon Twilight at Hayward Field and Ward Haylett invite in Manhattan, Kansas over the weekend. Garrett Marsing ran a 8.34.40 to win the steeplechase. Third fastest time in the NCAA this year. Fifth fastest in BYU history, among other notable performances. You can always go to BYUcougars.com to get the whole list, but oh my gosh, they continue to dominate. Cougars host an invitational at home this weekend. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. About it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. One weekend into Zach Wilson's stay in New Jersey, and... Yeah, things are going uh, pretty pretty well, swimmingly, in fact. Here's Zach Wilson. I think just getting used to, you know, the, the differences from, from college and the NFL. Um, you know, obviously, uh, learning all the new plays, uh, getting used to throwing at different guys. Uh, you know, the speed of the game is a little bit different. And then, and of course, the field, you know, is different as far as the hashes and numbers go. So uh, it was good just to get back after it. Here it is, May, and we're hearing from a BYU Cougar in the NFL. This is fun. We need this content. What were your takeaways from the first weekend of Zach Wilson with the Jets? Um, well, look, we're in the early stages of this. We're in the honeymoon oh, stage. Overreact. So everything is great right now. But I will say this. Zach looked the part, which I don't think any of us were concerned that he wouldn't. He looks like the villain of an 80s high school <laughs> no. film. No, what- he looked like a starting quarterback in the National Football League. Look, he's saying all the right things. The Jets are all saying the right things. And why wouldn't you? It's been three days. And he did absolutely nothing to say that he isn't going to turn out to be successful or the other way. I mean, it's it's three days. There's no way to really gleam anything of substance in the first three days. What do you mean? We saw highlights (laughs) on no defense. But, But, again, 
everything about him, he came, all the stories that are coming out about how prepared, look, and we know this guy is prepared. From what he did yeah. here at BYU, we know that. Yeah, he's a voice. But everybody was talking uh, in the New York area about how prepared he was coming in, and he's comment or uh, contacting other players, wanting to get you know offseason workouts together, and he's really coming in and taking that leadership role, which is exactly what you're looking for out of your quarterback, regardless if it's a first year rookie or a veteran. Your quarterback has to be the leader, or at least a leader. On your football team. So, th- look, there's no way to read anything of substance in over the weekend other than to say it was a great start. And everything that could have looked right, looked right. Yeah, everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of the team. Yes. The Jets, well right? Done. Well it's, done. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he didn't have any crazy misses in uh, you know, the easy throws and kept it pretty simple. He was trying to just... Work on the mechanics or whatever. Yeah, yeah, everything's great. Uh, yeah, not not a lot to take away. You know, the, the initial couple of days, rookie uh, OTAs, all good, man. No, it's uh, Jet, Jets fans are certainly excited about the connection with Michael Carter and uh, Elijah Moore and other rookie offensive weapons. So this is this is the time for rookies just to show up and kind of pay their dues and get in early. And, and he just barely got the playbook, so I'm sure he's – Excited about that because that's something he loves to uh, dig into that and understand the plays and what's going to happen. So, yeah, offensive linemen have been separated. Uh, Elijah Vera Carter and one Tristan Hodge as well uh, in the mix, which is kind of fun. I wonder if Zach and Tristan have gone out to eat or whatever uh, since they're on the same team right now. So, yeah, everything's great. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this process as we go through it with Zach. And, of course, we have a couple, uh, you know, a week or two left in our Zach Wilson conversations uh, that we uh, record each week. So everything's great. But not, like I said, not a lot to take away, but I'm excited that we, we haven't had this in the history of this show where right. we had a top-notch quarterback that we kind of plugged into every day. So guess what? We do this show all year, so this is going to be awesome. <laughs> well, and you hit on something that I think is the number one priority, not just for Zach, but for every one of these rookies that are coming into these mini camps. And, and most, by the way, are not starting until this week. So there were only, I think, two or three, maybe a few more, but not, not the majority of teams that started their rookie minicamps over the weekend. Most are actually starting on the 14th. So you're going to have all these other BYU players that are on NFL rosters that yeah. are rookies this season that will actually be getting into those. Like Matt Bushman with the Raiders participated over the weekend, but you have a lot of most others will start later this week. But you touched on the fact that they're learning the playbook. That's what this weekend is. These coaches want to see, because once these guys either were drafted or signed as undrafted free agents, they were immediately given the playbook. And I think that this first weekend of rookie minicamp is all about these coaches seeing how much they have absorbed in a short period of time. I think that's what this is all about, is to see how prepared in a short period of time you can come in and show us our system. I think it's second. I think first is spending the signing bonus. That's what this time is. <laughs> is really, to just get rid of is, that money immediately. Really for Zach buying a Tesla. <laughs> it's already happened. Wasn't he already given a Maserati? No, that was that was just was that a while loaner? he was in Southern California. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. Yes. We were given a loaner a car kid. over it the was... weekend. It was certainly not a Maserati. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine it wasn't. <laughs> all right, topic number two. We all went into Saturday's Volleyball National Championship game with high hopes for BYU. However, things did not work out well at all, to say the very they least. They didn't. They did not. How does the loss 
of BYU Volleyball to Hawaii in the National Championship game changed the way you look at the season as a whole? Yeah, right now it certainly puts a damper on it, and uh, I, I'm so sad for those guys. I, I was in the locker room after the game, and there were there were some really, really, really disappointed uh, you know players and coaches in in uh, how that went. Um, you know, it, it was tough. It was tough because Hawaii was just better. They were just better from the service line, and BYU could not pass. And then BYU didn't offset that with its own pressure. And uh, you know, some BYU's best players didn't play their best, and that's frustrating. Because this team was awesome, man. Um, and this journey through from 2019 when they were young bucks to seniors and seven seniors, so, you know, it's, it's a bummer to go out like this. But uh, congrats to Hawaii for winning. They've had a massive drought as well, like BYU of not winning the Natty. And, um, so, yeah, when I look at the whole season, uh, right now it certainly puts a damper on it. But I think as the weeks and months go by, we'll go, oh, that was a really fun season. Unfortunately, again, BYU lost the national championship match. I've been to four of these now where BYU has not just lost, been swept. So why don't you stay away then? I thought about it, but I don't believe that I control anything. Uh, (laughs) I can't even control my own kids, let alone BYU men's volleyball. 2013, 16, 17, 21 now. So, yeah, yeah, it's a bummer. It's a bummer, man. But uh, this was a special season and a special group, and uh, it is disappointing not cap it off for the national championship. We had this discussion on Thursday and Friday in terms of is it championship or bust for this team? And my, my take both days was no. You get to the national championship game, even if you lose, it is not a bust of a season. Yeah. My, my take has not changed. I still feel that way. I will say, though, I was very surprised in the way that BYU lost. I did not expect Hawaii to be that much better than the Cougars. And, Nobody and, did. And they not, were, not even Hawaii, bro. They were dominant in that match, yeah. and I did not see that. Look, I, I thought BYU had a great chance to win this. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, 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 thought, I went into Saturday assuming BYU, by the end of the night, was going to be a national champion. I, I thought they were, yes. they, had that, they were that good. And I, and I stood – look, just because they lost doesn't mean that they're not good. They just ran into a really, really good team – who was playing lights out, and they made more mistakes than they had in most of their matches all year long. And it just happened at the worst possible time. So my overall feeling on the season doesn't change. It's not a bust, but I was certainly surprised at the way that the championship game ended. No one wants to get boat raced, and uh, that's what happened to BYU. Again, Hawaii just served the lights out. You can't control that. What you can control is, are we going to be able to pass that? and offset it, and run our offense, and BYU couldn't. And that has happened in 13, 16, 17, and now 21. And that's the disappointment. And BYU was ready for that. BYU knew it was going to be a tough game from the service line. I thought BYU would bring it a little more from the service line as well to sort of offset that. But uh, ultimately, the Cougars didn't. So season over, national runner-up, MPSF champs, 20-4 and four year. Yeah, fun year. Ton of joy in that journey, but unfortunately, a disappointing finish. Our question of the day: Now that Matt Harms is officially gone, is getting Alex Barcelo back a must for BYU basketball? Let's hear from you in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. T Good underscore four on the Instagram. <laughs> Hot take. If Alex leaves, it will give other players a chance to grow and step up. I believe Alex has reached the ceiling, and I am excited to see how the other players step up. I love Alex, but I think it's time to move on. That's an interesting take, too, because, yes, sometimes you need that spot deoccupied for someone to grow in a certain way. 
Yet, it's always nice to return a first-team all-conference guard. So I would I, I agree in that idea, but I like the idea of Alex coming back I more love, than that idea. Yes, I agree. I, I love the idea of Alex. And we're going to talk more about this later on in the show, but I, I, think, I think having Alex back, that's more important, I think, than having Harms back. And I'm not just saying that because – there's still a possibility Alex comes well, back and not for harm. Point guard, there's a massive yeah. gap. So if both Averett, he's gone, yeah. and Barcelo leave. So yeah, yeah, you, we'll you, get we'll get into that a little bit more. But I, I having Alex back, I think is a big deal. Yeah. Okay, continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All right, coming up is watching BYU Sports Nation a skill. Well, of course it is. Uh, what happened with uh, one mom over the weekend on Twitter? And a recap of Zach Wilson's first weekend in the NFL. He returns to the program. Jets beat writer DJ Bianna May. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It's a doubleheader for BYU softball today as the Cougars host Dixie State Game 1 beginning at 4 p.m. Eastern on the BYU TV app. Under four hours away from first pitch, we are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I am Jerem Jordan. He is Jason Shepard. And listen, we're going to be covering and watching the Jets throughout the entire season. Why would that be? Many, many seasons to come for uh, brother Zacharias F. Wilson, right? Uh, and to to talk about how the first weekend went, we're going to bring Brack to the program. The uh, Daily News Jets beat writer DJ Bianna May on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. And uh, DJ, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Great to have you, man. Thank you for having me back. Last time was fun. Hope it doesn't be better. We can overanalyze some of the beautiful out routes that Zach Wilson was throwing. So <laughs> that's exactly right, man. And uh, you know, Tristan Hodge is on the team, at least uh, you know, trying to make the squad as an undrafted free agent as well. So okay, yeah, let's talk about the and we were talking about in the opening segment the overreaction of the video and commentary and whatnot. But things things seemed like they went well in the uh, first weekend. Everyone's saying and doing the right thing so far. Yeah, I mean, Robert Sala said he liked what he saw from Zach Wilson the first few days of rookie mini camp. The ball barely touched the ground, according to him. So that's always a good thing. Um, you know, he said a lot of the right things. A lot of the players have been reaching out to him. He's been reaching out to a lot of his draft classmates, just trying to build that chemistry, show that leadership. So, so far, it's been going extremely well. Zach Wilson, we know – and it's gotten a lot of attention. One of the quotes he mentioned was the fact that he feels like, you know, nothing's given to me. I'm going to have to earn this starting job. Does he really have to earn the starting job? Technically, yeah, sure. He has to earn the job. But if he's not the starter week one, probably the only way, in my opinion, maybe he got kidnapped and took to Mars. But, like, he's <laughs> going to be the starter. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you know, when you use the number two overall pick on Zach Wilson, you have no other quarterback, and he's not going to be the starter. So, yeah, that was the right thing to say. You know, I have to earn my role, things like that. Yeah, great. Jeff fans are going to eat it up. You know, Jeff fans on Twitter like, oh, my gosh, he's saying all the right things. We love this guy. Yeah, but he's going to be starter. I mean, like, he knows he's going to be starter. So, you know. Yeah, yeah, it, it is what it is, right? Um, so th- <laughs> this first offseason with him, what, what do Jets fans want to see what, before we even get to a game? Uh, is it more of this? It's good practice film and him saying the right thing for several months? Yeah, I mean, right now they just want to see the talent. They just want to see how good he really is. They want to 
you know, fall into the hype you know, in, in a sense. Because, I mean, he, he looks really good in practice, you know, some of his throws. Um, he looks really smooth. I love his arm uh, talent. Um, he has a lot of zip on his balls, a lot of velocity. Arm strength is there. You see some of the athleticism when he's going through some drills. So, Jeff fans, they just want to continue to see the talent that they invested in with the number two overall pick. So, DJ, there's been a lot of talk about the acclimation process in terms of getting yourself acclimated to New York, to the area. Look, I mean, and, and look, you, you told us you're from Miami. You had to acclimate yourself, I'm sure, to New York. Yeah. But you weren't coming in as the starting quarterback of the New York Jets. What do you think is the biggest thing that he is going to have to acclimate himself to? My opinion is probably just being in the AFC East that has all of that great defensive coaches, um, along with, you know, learning the playbook and adjusting to the lifestyle of being a professional athlete. But the number one thing is being in probably the toughest defensive division in the entire NFL. Um, you're going to be in a division with Bill Belichick, see him twice, Brian Flores, see him twice, Sean McDermott, see him twice, you know? So I think that would probably be like the biggest adjustment because when it comes to developing a quarterback, the number one key is can he win a division? Can he be in uh, contention to get into the playoffs? And to get to the playoffs, you have to be able to get through your division. So I think that's going to be the biggest um, transition for him is just going from, you know, obviously going from college to the pros, but you're in a, in a division where the defenses are, you know, good to elite. The schedule is going to be released this week. Are there any specific matchups? Uh, obviously, we know the opponents, but that you're hoping happen the first couple of weeks as Zach Wilson gets uh, used to playing in the NFL? Well, I think the number one matchup will probably be, be playing the Carolina Panthers, you know? Zach Wilson versus Sam Darnold in a sense. So, I mean, that that would be great for TV, great for coverage, great for all of that, you know? Um, I think that will for sure be great. And, you know, probably playing like maybe the Jaguars where – their defense isn't that great. Um, it wasn't great last year. Um, it was bottom third in the NFL. So that would be a game to ease into, in a sense. Um, so I think those two games, those are the ones that pop out uh, on, on my mind. Um, selfishly, though, I'm just hoping that, you know, if they play Atlanta too, because Atlanta's defense was, was trash and they didn't really do much to improve it. And hopefully that game is in Atlanta because there's a chance that it could be in London. And I do not want to have to travel to London to go and, you know, watch the Jets play. I mean, I know people have told me, hey, you could be in London covering football. If I'm going to London, I want to go there on vacation, not for work. (laughs) Even if work pays for it? Even if work pays for it. I want to be there on vacation. (laughs) So Zach Wilson's starting left tackle this past year, Brady Christensen, was drafted by the Panthers, so that could be interesting should he be maybe a starter as well. And then one versus two with Trevor Lawrence, there's always going to be comparisons with those guys. So I think that's interesting as well. And you bring up a great point with that division, the great defensive minds, right? And the challenge of Zach Wilson and company uh, going up against that, it's going to be fun. He did tell us last week, hey, I don't feel like I have to be the savior of the Jets. I feel like we have a lot of weapons around me and, and a good system. So I thought that was good because if I was him, I would be feeling like I had to be the savior of the Jets. But... It feels like uh, offensively, uh, Mike LaFleur and that staff are trying to surround him with some weapons. How do you see it? Oh, yeah. He has Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, uh, Jamison Crowder, Denzel Mims. He has Michael Carter in the backfield, Tevin Coleman, um, an approved offensive line. I know Sam Darnold is probably thinking right now, 
where was all this when I was a quarterback? You know, like where, where was all this? <laughs> um, he, I was today. I was literally talking to a former uh, San Francisco player that was with Michael Floor in San Francisco. Um, he played running back for them, and he just told me, "Hey, he's a genius. He's going to do great things in in uh, in New York as an offensive coordinator." So, because he said that like, the offense is so quarterback friendly, they always have an answer for everything. So. Um, Zach Wilson is going into that uh, situation with the weapons that he has. Can the Jets be a little bit better at tight end? Sure. Could they show up the uh, right side of the offensive line? Sure. But from a weapons perspective, it's it's really nice. I mean, you got a lot. You saw some of the routes uh, Elijah Moore was running. His routes are so crisp from what we've been able to see. Um, you know, Corey Davis, is he should be able to become the number one receiver in an offense that's going to feature more of a pass attack versus when he was in Tennessee that – you know, they ran the ball 30-plus times. When you got Derrick Henry, I can't blame you for running the ball 30-plus times. So, in this situation, he should, um, you know, be in a way better situation than Sam Donald ever had with the amount of weapons that he will be um, afforded. There's a lot going on in the New York sports scene right now. You have the Knicks back in the postseason. You have the Yankees that have won 7 of 10. The Mets, their bats underperforming after spending a ton of money to bring in some big-time free agents. What's the biggest story in New York right now, and where does Zach Wilson to the Jets fit into that? So I think the biggest story is short the Knicks. Like, Nick, like Knicks fans, they run New York. Like, I, I've been to some debates about, oh, maybe the Nets are taking over New York. No, 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 no. There, there's, like, no chance of that. Like, Nick, Nick fans, they the majority of, you know, basketball fans in New York happen to be Knicks fans. And it's just, you know, they've been there longer. They've been there since the 60s. So – like that's kind of been ingrained in the culture. Yeah, the Nets are probably are obviously the better team, but Knicks fans didn't even expect to be in this position now they're a top four seed. So I think that's for sure the biggest story. And I think where Zach Wilson falls into that probably is um, right there behind the Yankees. Yeah, right there behind the Yankees in a sense. I mean, you know, the uh, the Mets are kind of like the Nets in a sense, where like yeah, you got the Yankees, and you know most fans love the Yankees, but sure, you know you got some Mets fans, just like you got some Knicks. I mean, Nets fans. But I think Zach Wilson probably falls in that, you know, in between the Nets, uh, the Yankees, and, you know, the Mets overall. But Knicks, number one, that's that's for sure, without question. Hey, Knicks and Yankees, depends on what borough you're from, right? In Manhattan, you're winning right now. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and I've seen a game in the Garden. It was one of the coolest uh, sports experiences I've ever had, a playoff game, no less, which is rare for the Knicks. I feel like I saw a piece of history. <laughs> Um, I do right, want to right, ask right. you about Tristan Hodge, uh, the undrafted free agent from BYU who's trying to get a spot as an offensive lineman. How much of a shot does he have uh, within that offensive line system? I get him better than a 50-50 chance overall because, you know, the offensive line, even though they added Elijah Vera Tucker um, with the 14th overall pick, the offensive line still needs some improvement, especially on the right side of the offensive line. Um, but as long as Hodge shows his versatility, which I know he has the ability to do that because he used to play an offensive tackle and now, you know, he played guard. So he has the ability to move around and he just, you know, competes every day in practice. I think he has a better than 50-50 chance, um, especially, you know, that continuity with Zach, things of that nature. I think he has a really good shot um, as long as, you know, he's just not terrible in camp. But I, I don't foresee that happening. But overall, he has a he has a good chance. We'll, we'll see how the, you know, the chips lie. Um, we just got to see what happens in training camp, how he looks overall against that type of competition. Because, you know, he's going to be going against Quentin Williams, going to be going against Sheldon Rankins in practice, the one-on-ones. Um, so, could the Jets defensive line, it, it, it's it's probably the best in the AFC East overall. But 
Um, as long as he can hold his own own against those guys, he has a really good shot. And coaches always love a dude that used to play at Notre Dame. Okay, DJ, we appreciate <laughs> we appreciate the time, man. Best of luck. Enjoy Miami, and uh, I'm sure we'll be talking to you later on. No problem, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. That's DJ Bien Amay on the Desert First Credit Union Hotline. Desert First, you know why. We show how. Lots going on in New York right now. Yes, well, and, always. And uh, always, Zach Wilson Jason. right in the middle of it. Which is pretty crazy. I know. Sometimes I step back and I'm just like, is that? And, and Zach acts like this too, where he's like, this is crazy, right? Like, yeah. What, me and what's going on? So uh, pretty, pretty fun. And, of course, we'll be keeping tabs in a way that we have not previously on this program. For Zach Wilson, like, we, we don't even do this with Taysom Hill. Because it's Zach at a top five pick, but it's also because New York. Like, New York will provide us more Hashtag video. because New York. Because New York. I'm sure there's some interesting tweets <laughs> with that hashtag. Should take, and by the way, this has to be done while either you or Spencer are on vacation so that I'm involved. We have to take the show on the road to Jets training camp. You want to go to New Jersey? Sure, now, that's a place we haven't gone. Sure, why not? Let's call it a fan fest. <laughs> Philly or New York, perhaps. Yes. All right, coming up, is getting Alex Barcelo back a must? We will discuss. And defensive tidbits from Jimmer Fredette. What does he have to say (laughs) about that side of the ball? This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. BYU TV app is the place to watch recent and old BYU sports games. Get your video on-demand fix on the BYU TV app today. Jason Hill, the lead. Ah. 2014 at Texas. I was there. I saw it. What a very fun moment in time. Okay, he is Jason. I am Jerem. This is BYU Sports Nation. Let us whip it. The Cougar Whip Round is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Let's start out with some hoops. The Milwaukee Bucks are paying a reported 500k or your weekly salary to buy Elijah weekly. Bryant. Oh yeah, yearly out of his Maccabi Tel Aviv contract. What impact do you think Bryant will have with the Bucks? It's interesting because this is a contending playoff team. Right. So I'm not sure how much of an impact he'll have, especially as a new guy on a rotation that's already set. But if he can get some time, that's a win. BYU doesn't have anybody in the league and hasn't for a couple years since uh, Jimmer Fredette. So, uh, you know, in a 10-day from Eric Mika. So if he gets it, if he's just sitting on the bench, yeah. that's almost enough for me, frankly. I, I think a lot of this is for depth. Uh, bench depth. I don't anticipate him coming in and getting a ton of playing time. You know, and you talked about the fact that their rotation is set. You know, and especially once you get into the postseason, your rotation shrinks as throw, is. They're not throwing a new guy in. But but, but this is a guy that they have had in their summer leagues. This is a guy they've had their eye on for several seasons. I think this Merrill's like, what the heck, man? I'm here. <laughs> I think this is more about getting him in and on the roster now and just getting him here more than anything else. Good for him. So for I, next year, maybe. Possibly okay. for next year and moving forward. Okay. What are your expectations for BYU Volleyball next year? Look, I mean, based off of what the program does year in and year out, look, I don't know if I expect them to be in the national championship game, but I certainly expect them to be in the mix again because of what this program what, – what, what does that mean? Well, I think that with what this team does and what this program does year in and year out with recruiting, the types of players that not only they have – but they usually bring in on a yearly basis, why wouldn't you assume that they'll be right in the mix again? 
I don't expect them to be in the mix again per se. I think it'll be a rebuild, but the next year, 23. Okay, but what does a rebuild mean to you? Uh, rebuild means BYU doesn't uh, go to the MPSF final, probably. I just think there seven seniors, five of which were starters. That's asking a lot. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, more impressive softball number. Uh, 12 consecutive conference titles or... The Ry- titles. <laughs> or Riley Jensen, let me finish, breaking the school record for doubles and runs. That is pretty awesome <clears throat> from Riley, but uh, no, 12 conference titles in a row. Like men's hoops, we're like, can we just get one? Yeah. <laughs> 12 in a row? Yeah, 12 in a row is unbelievable. Yeah. And you never want to say that it's ho-hum or... No. no but, no. Look, awesome. but, but it kind of is, and that just goes to show you how dominant they are. Like... Every we're year so, they just win the WCC. It because it's so regular, right? We get used to the yes. greatness. Yeah, no, BYU softball. 12 in a row? That's yeah, 12 in a row is the answer. Is watching BYU Sports Nation an actual skill? Uh, a- Ames Flames, Amy Jones, friend of the program. Let me direct you to my mom is really good at watching BYU Sports Nation. Her daughter Coco filled out a thing all about mom and in it. Mom is really good at watching BYU Sports Nation. Is it a skill? <laughs> Yeah, it's a skill because it takes commitment. It takes, you have, look, it takes repetition. Everything that you talk about that you would use to hone a skill, it takes to watch. Okay, you have me convinced before I was going to say no. You just <laughs> turn it on uh, yeah. audibly or visually. Look, yeah, absolutely. That's awesome, yeah. Shout that's, out to Ames Flames. That's pretty cool. <laughs> and Coco. Yeah. Okay, some of the BYU Athletic Department showed off their signed Zach Wilson jerseys okay. in this post. Controversy here. From Billy Nixon. If you had a signed Zach Wilson jersey, Why hint, hint, we? we did not get any of those. Yeah. Uh, would you wear it or would you have it framed? I would have it framed. I probably wouldn't put it on. So I had a situation like this. So I have a I have a game worn signed Carmel and wristband. And one day I was going to use it and plan it. And my friend Manti was like, "Do not do this. What are you doing?" Yeah. And he was right. I didn't, and that was the right choice. For me, I would not wear it because as soon as you wear it, the you'd value look, you'd drops. Look good in it. Though. Look, I'm not saying I couldn't rock it. I'm just saying I wouldn't rock it. The text would look incredible. <laughs> no, but here's the thing. It, it's like, you know, it's like you can't, if you're into the collectibles, you don't get like a vintage Star Wars toy and then open it up and play with it. Or a, It has to stay sneaker put away. Sneaker heads with shoes. Yeah. They don't wear them. They just... Yeah, so for me... Cards. For me in my Beckett. house... Beckett. We would frame it and it would not be touched. Thank you, Joshua. Yes. Appreciate that. Beckett. Yes. I'm looking for a reaction here. Beckett. Beckett the card. Yes. Yes, I know. Yes. Also, so- Dr. Samuel Beckett from Quantum Leap. But that is not where you were going. Nice. <laughs> Josh Beckett. As former Major League pitcher. Jimmer Fredette was answering questions on social media this weekend and was asked if he had any defensive tips. Jimmer's response get to offense as quickly as possible. Is that the most on-brand thing ever? Absolutely. You know as the saying goes, offense wins championships. Offense really does win the championship because you have to score to win, typically. Defense just gets you to offense. Look, defense, defense may win championships, losing. but offense brings the eyeballs to the game. Okay, and tickets and the money. <laughs> okay, yeah. people want to see offense. That is amazing. He did have two uh, you know, crying emojis, laughing crying emojis, so he gets it. That wraps up the Cougar Whip Ramp.
All right. Coming, offense is quick. <laughs> coming up, we're going to go on offense here. So many rise and shout outs, which is good. That means a lot happened. A lot happened over the weekend. And is it time for the full court press for BYU to get Alex Parcello if they haven't been doing it already now that Matt Harms is gone officially? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Catch the latest BYUSN right now with Kiki Solano. It's BYU Sports with the social media twist. You can catch the latest episodes on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Matt Harms making it official Friday afternoon after he heard me say that decision is not final, that it was final. Uh, so let's talk about this. Is it a must get Alex Barcelo back to the team situation now? Uh, because there were three seniors that had an extra COVID year if they wanted it. Matt Harms, Brandon Averitt are, are moving on. And then Alex Barcelo still is undecided, apparently. Um, does BYU need him? Does BYU need to get him back on the team for next yeah, year? Yeah, I, I do think that, especially right now, because that point guard spot has not been filled. Uh, the, obviously, there's, there's still... By a by, by a gra- anyway. Yeah, by a yeah. grad transfer yeah, yeah. Or, or somebody coming in. And BYU and is going the, hard yes, on that, by the way. There, there are still you know, feelers out there, and they're still going after guys. So that could certainly change. Actively. It could change in five minutes for all we know. But right now, I I think it is really important for Alex Barcelo to come back. Look, and and I think it's honestly important, especially at that position, because he can play with the ball in his hands. He can play off the ball if you need to. We saw what he could do from a shooting, you know, percentage especially towards you know the first half of the season the guy was just unconscious when he shot the ball yeah so I I think having him back whether you get another guy at the point guard spot or not is is important and I said this before in one of our previous segments I think and and I'm not just saying this because harms is now out of the mix I, I always felt that having harms come back was less important than having Barcelo come back why is that because I just have having a guy that is a floor general you like the leadership. I, I like the guy that has the ball in his hands most of the game. I like having a guy that's been in the system for a couple of years coming back. Yeah. And so I think he can have much more of an impact. And I don't want to take anything away from Matt Harms. This is not this is not downplaying anything that Matt Harms brought last year. The guy defensively was fantastic. Gavin Baxter can make up some of that, sure. right? Um, but yeah, it's known versus unknown. There are some bigs that BYU has that uh, kind of fill that spot in right. an effective way. But in the backcourt, BYU has a bunch of wings, but no real point guard at this point if Alex Barcelo is, is not back. So I agree with you. I think it's in BYU's best interest to try and get him back. Of course, they're going after it. But let's look at the roster next year and see who's going to be on the roster that could play point guard if Alex Barcelo's not here. And it's, it's not going to be one of these guys as a starter, in my opinion. It would be a grad transfer or straight transfer. Remember the one-time transfer exception? Right. All of a sudden, you can get... Almost anybody that can show up here and boom, they can start. Double-digit score kind of guy. BYU needs that. And, and to what end? Like, if BYU is not going to go to the NCAA tournament next year, then it doesn't matter, right? But BYU obviously is aiming to be as good as it can be in the transfer portal and whatnot. So look at the roster. Trey Stewart just got back from a mission. Over the weekend. Hit from American Fork. He's going to be a stud. We'll see how quickly that happens. It may take a year or two, right? Hunter Erickson. Didn't really play this last year much, and maybe Nate Hansen. So there's not a lot of experience there. You don't want to throw one of those three guys in there as a starter right now. You just don't. There's no experience there in terms of at this level. Hunter Erickson, a a couple of games. Yes, on a consistent basis. Yes. I'm excited about the future for those guys, but it's not right now. 
It's not right now. So, and then you look at the wing. So those guys can kind of play on the wing as well. Trevin Nell, to me, is penciled in as a starter based on how he finished the year. Shot the lights out in the WCC title game. He was awesome. Spencer Johnson. And then, uh, you know, Gideon George is sort of a three and a half when you look at this. And then Brandon War is a walk-on. You know, you're not going to rely on him per se. So I do think that BYU needs to get two double-digit scores in the transfer portal. BYU has two or three Scollies available. Depending on is Nate Hansen on Scully? He was, you know, promised pre mission. He was. Is he still? I don't, I'm assuming he is until he isn't. Um, but you never know. There, there's some, like, a lot of times we think, okay, they're signing up for four years. Yes and no. The reality is you're really signing up for one year. And if it goes well, like, you can then get the next back. year, right? <laughs> yeah. um, it, it's a four year kind of commitment emotionally and verbally and physically, but with a scholarship, that, tends to be year to year. And there was a situation where Jesse Wade wasn't on scholarship last year but wanted to be on the team, and uh, you know now he's going to retire. So there's a need for BYU to get not only a point guard, but I think another wing as well, or, or a guy that's sort of a 3-4-ish, to be on this team that is a double-digit score kind of guy. When I look at the roster, who, tell me who's a double-digit score right now. Because I think it's Caleb Lohner, right. and I think, perhaps Trevin Nell, right. and then TBD. I think this offense, and I don't know if it's like right out of the gate, but I think the, the ultimate game plan of this offense is to eventually have it be all about Caleb Lohner. Like, it runs through Caleb. Caleb Lohner is As that, a sophomore. As, and again, I don't know how quickly that happens, but he has that type of ability where the offense can run through him and he can be the, the alpha in terms of scoring and the guy. Like when, like when you scout BYU, the one guy you look at immediately is Caleb Lohner. But you've got to have guys around him that can either distribute the ball to him or take some of it off when the double or triple teams come because they're going to come. So having a, a guy that can be a scorer, and I agree with you, not only do you need to get a, a double-digit score at the guard position, I think somewhere else – whether it's at the five, whether it's a two or a three, whatever the I, case. I don't think BYU needs a five. But but it, look, if BYU's, get, got, BYU's if, got three on the roster. But if you get a a guy that you know coming in is going to be a dominant score at the five, I don't I'll, know if you turn I'll that away. Take it. Yes. I just don't think BYU needs. But that. I'm just saying yeah. it doesn't all. It doesn't have to be two guards that are that are double digit scores. I think it can be other places. It can, but. I think that's the way BYU is going to roll. Typically, offensively, is you can have a big who averages double figures, but you got to have two wings uh, in some capacity or point guard on the guard line that are double digit scores. I, Otherwise, I, it's not going to work. I, I agree with what you, you said, not, though. You not have two bigs that average double digit. I don't think about Trevin Nell. I, I think, and the thing about Trevin is just all about consistency. And yes, it, and I think as a junior, yes, now, yes, that changes. Agreed. Yes. Yep. I, I I look for big things from Trevin this upcoming season for sure. So BYU's still looking for you know one to two to three dudes uh, in the transfer portal. So we'll we'll see uh, what happens there. Our question of the day: Does BYU need to get Alex Barcelo now back next year that Matt Harms is officially out at eighty six? Wi Coop. If no AB, then they definitely need to find a fourteen plus point point guard in the transfer specific. portal. It's not specific. Not 13. What if he's 13? Yeah. What if it's 13? If Alex were to stay one more year, this is potential NCAA tournament team. There are a lot of good pieces on the court surrounding AB. Spencer feels differently than I do about this team. He, he felt like if Alex Barcelo's back, that's a tourney team. I don't feel that way. I would need to see, uh, I would need to see it because I don't feel like there's enough 
weapons per se. I am excited about the development of a Caleb Loner, a Gideon George, a what kind of impact can Gavin Baxter have? Will it be similar to what uh, Matt Harms had in terms of length and shot blocking ability? Uh, Gavin Baxter is a better rebounder than Matt Harms, so that's exciting. Well, in terms of playmakers, the two playmakers you're you're losing. That's a lot. Brandon of, Averett a lot of and usage. Matt Harms. A lot of usage. So where does that go? Like who are you? Who are you sitting here going? This is equal to what was last year from in terms of uh, usage and productivity. I just we need to see Trevin make a jump. We need to see Caleb make a jump. Agreed. We, we need to see, see Gideon George make a jump. Yes, T- TBD transfer come in yeah. and do something. Kyle Nelson on the gram. It was always a must, but at this point, maybe not. We don't have guys on the team that are ready to take charge and lead us to the tournament, even with Barcelo. This year will be a finding the guys to lead the 22-23 team to the tourney. Now, now that's interesting. What, but what if all of a sudden BYU signs two transfers that they think could start and average double digits? Does that change everything? Because I think it would. And that's what, that's yes. what BYU is trying to do right now. Look, I, I, I don't think that the coaching staff's going into this offseason thinking it's, it's an offseason where you don't have to worry about getting the tourney. That, right. <laughs> they absolutely are trying to find guys to get in on the, in this program that absolutely will take them back to the NCAA tournament. This team, as currently constituted, all those in favor, please make it manifest, is not a tourney team, in my opinion. I think they need another weapon or two. If any opposes what score. he just says, also please manifest. Go talk to your stick president or whatever. Yeah. I, it's, it's really interesting to see this group. They're going to get better and improve. But yeah. let, let, me, let me tell you how difficult it is to make the NCAA tournament. On average, there's about five or six non-power six at-larges. That's it. That is it. It is so hard in this era to make the NCAA tournament. The fact that BYU was going to do it in 2020 and did it last year, highest-seeded non-power six at-large, by the way, notable accomplishment, um, was incredible. It's very difficult. So we'll see what BYU does in recruiting. Hopefully they bring in a couple of guys that will give BYU a shot to be bubblicious. Coming up, our elite voice of the day. And who gets today's rise and shout-outs? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation's rise and shout-out is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Congratulations again to the now 12-in-a-row champs from softball winning the West Coast Conference over the weekend. They actually did it because someone else lost, so... <laughs> Gordon Eakin at dinner was like, hey, we won the league again. Woo! This is BYU Sports Nation, of course, always on demand on the BYU TV and BYU Radio free apps. Or you can download the podcast. All you need to do is Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. A couple of news and notes to add to the program here at the very end. The latest US, USTF CCCA rankings came out in the last hour. BYU men still ranked second. Behind LSU and the uh, women are ranked ninth. So, so no change. Top, no change. Top 10 and outdoor. This is awesome because typically that's uh, – BYU's not a top 10 team because the sprinters don't score as many points per se. It's a lot of distance. but And the fielders do a nice job. But this year it's kind of – Distance is dominating, but there's more balance there. Two top ten teams in outdoor. That's awesome. Uh, Follow-up from Friday's show. Did you get your money Venmoed from Spencer? I did. Yes. Yes. There you go. I did Friday night. There you go. And I spent it immediately on Raising Cane's in Columbus. Twice, apparently. Yeah, I did. Twice get- at Raising Cane's and twice at Waffle House. I, I applaud you, sir. Yes, that's all I 
Yes. That's all I did was those, those four. So shout out to uh, Greg Short. Had a great time with uh, the, the Southwest pilot. Just buddy passing me all the way to Columbus. So that was fun. Look at that. Now, now all his friends are going to be like, where's my buddy pass? No, Greg's <laughs> awesome, man. Took sc- we scooters around Columbus, graduation. I thought that was deal. our thing in Nashville. Sorry. You just do that with random Every, people in random cities? Is that a random person? <laughs> my homie. It's not my office homie like you, but yeah. Okay, our question of the day. Now that Matt Harms is officially gone. You're so mad. Is getting Alex Barcella back. Thought it was special, but apparently a not. must for BYU basketball. Our elite voice of the day is presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Oh, beautiful views at Sundance. At TNAP. NCAA Division I basketball is now G League light with no consequence for transferring. BYU must get a point guard who has more than one year of eligibility, minimum of two years eligibility, preferably a high-level player who is good enough to enter the NBA, uh, BYU, after fewer than four years. Okay, uh, well, typically BYU's not putting out the NBA guys, so I'm not, I'm not sure that's a realistic recruiting take, but I like the idea of uh, getting a guy that has multiple years. While I do love grad transfers, I hate to be uh, contingent on those guys to be successful every year. Like, are they what gets you over the top? Well, like, you're, yes. Yes. But is it, oh, we needed that to get to 20 wins? It's like, oh, gosh. Can we well, you're putting, it, you're putting all the pressure for one year. Yes. And the, it's hard like, to Like, you have to have a good season this year. And to get the culture yeah. to where they want it that quickly is difficult at times. You know, like, who's the alpha male and leader on the team next year? And are they the same person? Sometimes the leader's not the alpha. It's true. You're saying the alpha might be Caleb Lohner. We'll see who the leader is of the group if it's not Alex Barcelo. Okay, today's Rise and Shoutouts are presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward, who gets them? We got a lot. Uh, I'm going to give one to baseball. Taking two of three. Of course. Outplayed the Toreros. Should have taken all three. But you certainly come away feeling even more excited about the way this baseball team's playing down the stretch. And big surprise, uh, taking down number one twice. That yep. was awesome. Elijah Bryant going to get an opportunity waiting for the official word there. And then, of course, softball winning a WCC title. They continue to get it done. Our thanks to today's guest, DJ Bien Amay. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always use hashtag BYUSN. Sorry to Dennis Spitter. We did have an open segment, but we talked about hoops instead of getting a few. For Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Mike Wall, BYU Softball, live at 4 Eastern on the BYU TV app with a double header versus Dixie. Go Cougs! Riding scooters with anybody. Mm-hmm.